now take you into a service already in progress where Pastor Ashish exhorts the congregation and leads them in making the declaration. And right after this is a life-changing message for you. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I am saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing. To many people, I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, Amen. This morning, I want to take our study on the cross of Christ a little forward. This morning's message is a very, very simple message. We will be talking about the blessings of the cross. And essentially, it's a very, very simple message that I'm going to be sharing with you. But we're going to be doing something very important at the end of it. We're going to be praying together. A young couple met me a couple of Sundays ago. And the lady shared how for a long time, and I don't know how, I don't remember how long, but for a long time she had a chronic bronchial problem, difficulty in breathing. She was taking a lot of medication on steroids as well. And uh, from the time we started talking about the cross, she believed the word. Nobody laid hands on her. Nobody prayed for her. She believed the word and she was completely healed. And she said that during this season of the year is when she has it really bad. But she's been off medications for weeks and she's perfectly fine. Amen? So we believe that just the message of the cross, the word of God is so powerful that if you're sitting here this morning, you believe it. God will do things in your life and in mine. Amen. We're going to talk about the blessings of the cross. Jesus died on the cross for a purpose, for a reason. To bring things into our lives. And make them available for us to receive by simple faith. There is a common ground by which all of us can receive what Jesus made available to us through the cross. It is by simple faith. Nothing more and nothing less. Just by simple faith in the cross of Christ. Much of what I'm going to be sharing with us that we're going to cover this morning is elementary. You probably heard it several times before. But it's always good to hear it again. That will awaken faith in our hearts, enable us to reach out, believe and receive what we do need to receive from God this morning. So what are the blessings that that are available to us through the cross of Jesus? What comes into our lives? First of all, the very obvious one is the blessings of forgiveness of sins. Our sins are forgiven because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Christ. There are several scriptures that we could refer to on this, and I'll just mention a few. Acts chapter 10 and verse 43. Peter is preaching to the Gentiles. He's preaching to the non-Jewish people for the very first time in the house of Cornelius. And he makes this statement in Acts chapter 10 and verse 43. Peter says, To him all the prophets give witness. Meaning, all the prophets of the old are pointing their finger to Jesus and they are testifying, they are giving witness to this thing. To him, all the prophets give witness, stating that 
Whoever believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Anyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Amen. So you and I, because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what we have done, no matter what our past is, our sins are forgiven. It's gone. It's a blessing of the cross of Christ. Amen. Our sins are forgiven because Jesus bore them on the cross. Amen. And all we have to do is believe that Jesus took our sins on the cross. And when we believe it, we're forgiven. Amen. Do you believe you're forgiven? Yes or no? I mean, all your sins? Yes? Why? Because Jesus bore on the cross. Now, it's not a 50-50 deal. Like 50% of my sins he paid for and 50% I still have to pay for. It's not like that. 100% all our sins. He paid for it on the cross. He took it upon himself. Why did he bear our sins? So that when all we do is believe, we stand forgiven. We are forgiven. It's gone. Amen. The second blessing of the cross is healing for every sickness and every disease. On the same cross where Jesus bore our own our sins, the Bible is so clear that he bore our sicknesses and our diseases. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 4 where Isaiah is foretelling the work of Christ on the cross. He says in verse 4 of Isaiah 53, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Surely, meaning this is unquestionable. This is without a doubt. Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now, the Hebrew for griefs, Literally means sicknesses. The Hebrew for sorrows is the word makov, which literally means pains. So Isaiah 53, 4 literally says, Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. If you don't like my Hebrew, then listen to what the Holy Spirit interprets Isaiah 53, 4. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 17, the Holy Spirit Writing through Matthew, in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 17, puts it like this. Even as the prophet Isaiah said, Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. That's Matthew 8 and verse 17. So the Holy Spirit is interpreting Isaiah 53, 4 in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 17. And he writes it like this. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. So what happened on the cross? He bore our sicknesses. He bore our pains. Every sickness, every disease. He took it. Now you and I understand that God never created sickness. God is not the author of sickness and disease. Amen. He didn't design it. He didn't create it. He didn't come up with it. He created a perfect world, but there was no sin and there was no sickness. But because of sin... Sickness came into the world. 
And just as Jesus took our sins, he also carried upon himself our sicknesses and our diseases. Why? So that by his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. That's in Isaiah 53, 5 and also 1 Peter 2, 24. By what he did on the cross, we are healed. Amen. Which means... That every sickness, every disease, every thing that afflicts the body, he carried it upon himself on the cross so that we could be healed in our bodies. Amen. And how do we receive healing? The very same way that we receive forgiveness of sins by simple faith. Just as you believe in Jesus to carry your sins so that you could be forgiven. You believe in Jesus, that he carried your sickness and disease so you could be healed. Amen? By his wounds, we are healed. The third blessing of the cross there in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5. In the middle of that verse, Isaiah says, The chastisement for our peace was upon him. The chastisement, the punishment for our peace. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. It's much broader in scope. Then our English word peace. In English when we say peace, we often have a very, very focused meaning to it. Either it's a, a mental state where you're a state of calm or there's a, there's a state of tranquility in your situations or whatever. But the Hebrew word shalom is a much broader, more comprehensive word and probably best described by the words total, complete well-being. That is shalom in the Hebrew. The punishment to bring us shalom was upon him. Therefore, shalom is released into your life and mine through the cross. Total well-being, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, socially, everything in order, everything just blessed by God. That is shalom. Shalom includes inner wholeness, inner well-being. So not only is there healing for our bodies, but there is healing for our mind, our emotions. Many of us may have been hurt by people, parents, others uh, who've dealt wrongly with us and we carry inside of us hurt and pain. But I want you to know that shalom is available through the cross of Jesus. The punishment for our shalom was on Him. Wholeness, inner wholeness, healing comes to us through the cross of Jesus. Amen? A fourth blessing that's made available to us through the cross of Jesus, is the blessings of Abraham. The blessings of Abraham. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Galatians 3, verses 13 and 14. The Bible tells us this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For as it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on us, the Gentiles. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. So it says in Galatians 3, 13 and 14 that Christ became a curse for us on the cross. Why did he become a curse? So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon you and me. The cross has caused or released the blessing of Abraham on your life if you believe in what Jesus did on the cross. 
Amen. What is the blessing of Abraham? It has many, many things in it. In Genesis 12, verse 3, when God called Abraham, He said, Abraham, I will bless you. And I will make you a blessing. That blessing is on your life. Amen. God is telling you, I will bless you. I will make you a blessing. That's on your life. God told Abraham in Genesis 17 verse 7, Abraham, the covenant that I've spoken to you, I will fulfill it in the lives of your descendants in their generation. Meaning, in their day, in their time, I will fulfill my covenants. You are Abraham's seed, the Bible says in Galatians 3, and I think it's verse 26 or 27. You are Abraham's, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and an heir of the promise. Abraham's blessing is on your life. And what is that blessing? God says, I will bless you. And I will make you a blessing. That's why as part of our declaration, we stand up and say, I am blessed. And later on we say, I'm a channel of blessing to many people. As we're declaring Abraham's covenant, we're saying we are blessed by God. And we are a channel of blessing to many people. Amen? Now what was Abraham's blessing? I mean, what did it amount to? How did it express itself in Abraham's life? Here are some things we can talk about Abraham's blessing. Abraham's blessing brought righteousness into his life. Meaning he became righteous in God's eyes. Because he believed. And because of this blessing. You are righteous in the eyes of God. You're forgiven. You're standing before God. Righteous. Abraham was called a friend of God. That was another blessing he enjoyed. You. Are a friend of God. Jesus said in John 15. John 15 verse 15. He said. I no longer call you slaves. But I call you friends. Because a slave does not know. What his master wants. But you are my friends. Because I have revealed everything to you. You are a friend of God. Meaning he was going to share his heart with you. You're not a servant. Who doesn't know what his master wants. You're a friend. So you know the heart of the Lord. Abraham was called a friend of God in James chapter 2. So you are a friend of God. Abraham's blessing was on your life. Amen. Abraham's blessing also included financial and material prosperity. God's blessing on Abraham caused him to prosper, multiply, increase financially. And that same blessing is upon you and upon me today. Amen. You ask me, Pastor, do you believe in prosperity? Of course I believe in prosperity. I'm sure you do too. That's why you go to work. Don't be so spiritual. Do you believe in material blessings? Of course I do, and I'm sure you do too. That's why you ask for a raise. Amen? Some Christians lie, you know? They say, no, this, we don't believe in prosperity, but they're the first ones waiting and praying for a raise in their jobs. And they say, we don't believe in prosperity. Financial prosperity, material well-being is a blessing of Abraham that is on your life and mine. What happened to Abraham? The Bible says in Genesis chapter 13 verse 2, Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. That's the father of our faith. Amen? It's in the Bible. Genesis 13 verse 2, Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, and gold. And the Lord blessed Abraham. What happened? Many of us think when God blesses you, you become poor. 
But that's not what happened to Abraham. When God blessed Abraham, here's what Abraham's servant says in Genesis, the 24th chapter, the second verse. Eliezer, Abraham's servant is speaking. He says, I am Eliezer, Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly. The Lord has blessed my master greatly. He's saying, God's blessed my master. He's been very good to my master. What has happened as a result of that? Verse 34, 35. And the Lord has blessed my master greatly. And he has given him plenty of cattle, silver, gold, men servants, and maid servants. And, and he just talks about all the abundance of wealth and material blessing Abraham had. Amen? That blessing is on your life and mine. Now, I understand that there are more important things than money. Don't get me wrong. I am not putting prosperity as the number one thing. You, you hear me talk about it now and then because it is in the Bible. But I'm not putting that as the number one thing in life. That's not what we are pursuing. Our number one thing is to please the heart of God. Amen. But in the process, don't forget that Jesus died. He paid such a huge price to bring Abraham's blessing. And don't you dare trample under your foot the work of Jesus Christ on the cross by saying prosperity is not there. Amen. He died to bring Abraham's blessing on your life. And Abraham's blessing included material prosperity, increase in success. God gave Abraham victory over all his enemies. Victory, success in your life is part of the blessing that's on you. Paid for through the cross of Jesus Christ. Now listen to this if you don't believe what I'm saying. What else did Abraham's blessing include? Abraham's blessing included healing for the body. Healing from sickness and disease. So what do you mean? In Luke the 13th chapter, Jesus was in the synagogue and he was preaching. And in the synagogue, he saw a woman who was bent over for 18 years. Meaning she had an infirmity, a back problem, some condition in her back. And she was bent over like this for 18 years. So this was a Sabbath day that Jesus was in the synagogue as he was preaching. And he decided to bring healing to this woman. He called this woman up and he said, you are free from your infirmity. Now, the theologians objected. Why? Number one reason. This is the Sabbath day. You're not supposed to heal anyone on the Sabbath. What was Jesus' response? In Luke the 13th chapter, the 16th verse, Jesus said this. He said, ought not this woman, who is a daughter of Abraham, be healed? This day, whom Satan has bound, be healed. What was Jesus saying? He's saying, you know what? This woman, being a Jew, is entitled to the blessing of Abraham. Now, question. Think about this. Nowhere in the Old Testament did God ever say that healing is part of his blessing to Abraham. There is no worse. Where in the Old Testament where God says, Abraham, I will bless you and heal you. So theologically, healing was not supposed to be a blessing of Abraham. Because there is no verse that says, but God tells Abraham, I will heal you. What's Jesus doing here in the New Covenant? I mean the New Testament. He's saying, this woman is a daughter of Abraham. She's entitled to healing in her body. But wait a minute, Jesus, give me chapter and verse for what you're doing. Because healing is not listed as Abraham's blessing. Oh, do you forget the statement God made 
I will bless you. When God said I, it meant everything I am, everything I am, everything I do, I will release to you. I don't have to necessarily say prosperity, healing. I will bless you. Meaning all who I am, all that I do, I'm releasing into your life, Abraham. That's what God meant when he said, I will bless you. And so God never had to list the list and put down the list saying healing, prosperity, finance. He he just had to say, I will bless you. I am Jehovah Jireh, the provider. I will provide. That's your blessing. I'm the God who heals. That's your blessing. I will bless you. It's God's covenant to Abraham. So when Jesus comes to the New Testament, he sees this woman, a Jewish woman, he says, she is a daughter of Abraham. She's entitled to Abraham's blessing. She's entitled to healing in her body. And he heals her. Amen. That includes Abraham. So essentially, what is Abraham's blessing? Abraham's blessing is all that God is and all that God does. And God said, I will bless you. I will bless you. I will release into your life everything that I am, everything I do. And I will make you a blessing, meaning you will pass this on to others. Everything that God does and everything that God is, you will pass on to the world. Are you with me? The Bible says Jesus died on the cross so that the blessing of Abraham might come to us, the Gentiles. It's on your life. You are blessed. You are blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Now think about this in Matthew chapter 8. I referred to it earlier when we said that Jesus bore our sickness and disease on the cross. In Matthew 8, 17, we see the Holy Spirit's interpretation of Isaiah, the 53rd chapter and the 4th verse, where the Holy Spirit is saying, surely He has borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases. But if you back up and read Matthew 8, 16, here's what you see. It says, you know, Jesus was in, in the house at that moment. and It says in Matthew 8, 16, when the evening was come, they brought unto him all who were sick and possessed with devils. And he healed all those who were sick and he cast out the spirits with his word. So that it might be fulfilled what was written of him by Isaiah saying, Surely he had borne our sicknesses and covered our pains. So what's the Holy Spirit saying through Matthew? saying, look, these guys were sick. Tormented by devils. They came to Jesus. He healed them and he cast them out. In order to fulfill what Isaiah said would take place on the cross. That he would heal us from all our sicknesses and diseases. So, what Jesus was doing in Matthew chapter 8 was an advance payment. Not a payment, but an advance, a foretaste. Of what he would do and what he would make available because of what he would accomplish on the cross. Are you with me so far? What he was doing in Matthew 8 was a foretaste, an advance. I am going to go to the cross. I am going to carry your sicknesses and diseases. And because of that, this is possible. Heal every sickness and cast out every devil. Are you with me? So what he did in Matthew 8 was an advance, a foretaste. So my question to us is, how much more for us who are on the other side of the cross since the work has been done?
It's been done. How much more? Amen? Can you and I say, Lord, because of the cross, I have to be healed. Because of the cross, every tormenting work of the enemy has to be broken off of my life because of that. Amen? And the same thing when you minister to people. Because of the cross, you release healing. Because of the cross, you cast out devils. The cross is the foundation. Because of the cross. Amen? So Abraham's blessing, and I'm skipping here, I'm just going back to Abraham's. Abraham's blessing included, included financial blessing and prosperity in our lives. God said, that's a blessing I'll release for you. It's yours. I want you to know that that blessing is upon your life. You can believe God for financial blessing, material prosperity in your life. And we can go on in more and more scriptures. A very familiar psalm, Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And verse 3, forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your sins. Do you believe that? Then you also have to believe the next part. He heals all your diseases. You believe that? Then you have to believe the verse that comes after it. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Meaning he blesses you in the land. And he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is in you like the eagles. So you have to believe the next verse. He executes judgment and justice for all who are oppressed. Got to believe the whole psalm. Amen. All of that is God's blessing to you and me. So go ahead, believe God for prosperity in your life because it is made available through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. The last thing I want to refer to, and then we're going to pray. Another, the last thing, another blessing that comes to us through the cross of Jesus is a new relationship with God. Or to use a technical term, it's a new covenant. Through the cross, Jesus established for us a new covenant, meaning a new relationship with God. The Old Testament had what we call as the old covenant, an old relationship with God through the, through the law of Moses. But Jesus came along and through his cross, he fulfilled the law and he established a new covenant. That means you and I relate to God, have a new relationship with God through the cross of Jesus and the writer of Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6, he says, in Hebrews 8 and verse 6, he says, Jesus became the mediator or the establisher of a new covenant, which is a better covenant based on better promises. So the covenant that you and I have with the Lord, with God Almighty, is a better covenant, and it's based on better promises. Now, the old covenant had promises and they are scattered throughout the old testament in the psalms and all other places all the promises that were given as part of the old covenant but in one place in deuteronomy 28 verses 1 to 14 is a nice concise listing of not all but of many of the promises in the old covenant it's not a complete listing but it's a nice concise place to find many of the blessings of the old covenant you don't have to limit yourself to that. But those were the promises in the old covenant. Keep in mind that we are in a new covenant which is better and has better promises. Are you with me so far? So when you go back there in Deuteronomy 28 and read the first 14 verses, you find the promises given under the old covenant and here's what it looks like. 
God says, you know, that the Lord your God will bless you. If you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God and are obedient to Him, then He will bless you like this. He will bless you when you come in. And He will bless you when you go out. He will bless you in the city. He will bless you in the field. He will bless you at your apartment. And He will bless you when you go to the office. He will bless you in your basket and in your store. He will bless the fruit of your body, the fruit of your cattle, the fruit of your livestock. He will bless you in all the works of your hands. Your enemies who come up against you one way, they will flee from you seven ways. He will bless your basket and your store and, and he will open up the windows of heaven to give rain to your land in its season. And uh, you will be so blessed that you will lend to many nations. You won't need to borrow. And uh, he will make you the head and not the tail. He will set you above only and not beneath. Now these are not so good promises. Really. Because we are in a covenant that has better promises. Amen. Through the cross, Jesus established a new covenant, a new relationship that you and I have with God Almighty. It's a covenant simply means a solemn relationship. He established a solemn relationship with God Almighty, which is a better covenant, has better promises. And those promises that we just referred to in the Old Testament are supposed to be a minimum. God, if you promise this in the Old that they will be blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in all the works of their hands, then God, I want to see much more in my life. Amen. You have a right to it. You're entitled to it. It was done for you through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. And therefore, even the ministry of the new covenant is much greater than the ministry of the old. Paul brings this out in 2 Corinthians 3. He says, you know, the old covenant was the letter of the law which kills, but we have the ministry of the Spirit which gives life. If the old covenant was glorious, so much so that when Moses came down, the glory of God came out through his life, people couldn't see him. He says, how much more we in the new covenant, the ministry that we have, the ministry of the Spirit, is much more glorious. It reaches deep down into the hearts and causes the heart to turn to the Lord even before the mind begins to understand. That's the ministry of the Spirit that you and I have. It's much more glorious, amen, than the old. Because we minister by the Spirit that touches right into the hearts of people and the heart begins to follow the Lord, which Moses couldn't do in as much as all the glory he had in the old. Amen. All this for us through the cross of Jesus. Before I close, I need to say this, that there are blessing stealers. As long as you and I are on the earth, there will be blessing Stealers. Jesus put it this way. He said the thief doesn't come but to steal, kill, and destroy. So obviously, even though Jesus paid such a great price to make all of this available to us, there is this devil who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus died so you could be forgiven. But the devil will do all his best to keep you under guilt, shame, and condemnation. So Jesus paid a huge price to forgive us. The devil still keeps us in a feeling of guilt, shame, condemnation. It's a blessing stealer. Don't allow that to be happened to you. Jesus died to bring us healing in our bodies. The devil wants, doesn't want us to walk in it. Jesus died to release wholeness into our lives. The devil doesn't want us to experience it. Jesus died to bring in the blessings of Abraham into our lives. The devil doesn't want us to walk in it. Jesus died. So we can be in a new covenant with God on better, as a better covenant, better promises 
The devil doesn't want us to walk in it. He's a blessing stealer. So you got to keep him off and say, no, I will have what Jesus died to bring for me. Amen. How do we receive it? Just by believing. The same way you receive forgiveness of sins is you believe in the cross and you receive it. So you believe your healing. Believe prosperity. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. I was born in debt. When I was born, I was born in debt. And I'm living in debt. And my life is so miserable. You don't understand all the problems I'm going through. You don't understand. Listen, I know all of us struggle. All of us go through problems. But the cross is the answer. Believe. And you will see the power of the cross at work in your life. That can transform any situation, any person. The cross can change. We all have different problems, I know. We all have different challenges, I know. Right now, many of us will be sitting in the middle of worst we've ever been in life. But I want to encourage you, believe in the cross. He died to make a difference. And if you will believe the same way you receive forgiveness of sins, you can receive healing for your body, you can receive prosperity in your life, blessing, it'll change, you'll receive shalom. It's total well-being. God can do it for you. Lay your burdens and he turns your ashes into beauty because of the cross. Believe. Amen. Just believe. Look at the cross. Cling to the cross. Reach out to the cross. He paid for it. If in that little home where people were bringing sick people and demon-possessed people, Jesus could heal each one of them and, and drive out every devil and he did it in lieu of the cross, meaning he hadn't been to the cross yet, but because he was going to go that he did it now. He gave them an advance, a foretaste. How much more can he do it right here in this auditorium, in this room, here, this morning? How much more? If that woman would have been bent over for 18 years, 18 years is a very long time. But in a moment, Jesus said, this woman has Abraham's blessing on her life, and therefore she does not need to remain this way. This moment, it changed. How much more can the Son of God do it right here this morning? You say, Pastor, this is good theology. Will it work for me? Of course. This is not just theology. It's the Word of God. God sent His Word so that it will be accomplished in our lives. It is not going to return to Him void. If it meets the heart of faith, it will be fulfilled. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.